Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. And my name is Ashton. We're all back. Yes, we're yeah. back together back. again. How was your holiday plops? Was it it was a really lovely time, thank mm. you. I ate lots of pasta. I drank Aperol Spritz, even though I don't really like them. But I thought, if I just have another one, I'll like it this time. Hmm. I didn't like it. I don't even know what that is. It's like, I don't, it's like a, a gin, it's like a liqueur. I don't know what uh, it is, but it's very popular in Europe, specifically yeah. in Italy. And it's like orange, um, like bright orange. And you, I don't know what the spritz is. I assume like tonic or something, but hmm. you see in a glass, everyone have in it, Italy like in is the Alps and stuff. It. If you like skiing, you yeah. can stop halfway down and have an Aperol spritz. Yeah. And they Not too many there or you'll crash. Bloody love it over there. <laughs> crash. And I was like, oh, I'll have one. Fit in with everyone else. Didn't like it very much. Didn't like it. No, but then I had about four more over <laughs> the course of the week and still didn't like it. Still didn't it. like it. Okay. You said mm. but, which led me to believe yeah. that you might actually. But then around. I had four but more. But then I had four more and, still and I bad. still didn't like it. <laughs> so did you have that in place of something that you would have regularly enjoyed or did well, you still have the things that you enjoyed? Well, well, when I didn't like Aperol Spritz, I then switched to drinking gin lemons, which are like right. gin, gin and with not lemonade. Not lemonade. No, it's like still, it's a bit like kind of cloudy lemonade, but not fizzy so a bit like american lemonade they call it lemon soda in italy and it's really really it's really good and i'm really sad i haven't got it and one day they gave me half a glass that was literally half gin and a half lemon and i was like cool i had two of those and then i was like "Mm, i'm drunk and it is half past 12 so let's carry on with the rest of our day i had a lovely time thank you good good (laughs) mainly because of the alcohol Partly because of the alcohol, potentially. Uh, Welcome back to our video game podcast where we talk about video game things. Each and every week we're sponsored by a very real video game adjacent sponsor. It helps us keep the lights on here. Uh, There is no Dead Island 2. The spider. We still. were saying last week that we saw Dead Island 2 the spider at your house. Yes, we did. We yeah, it was in my house, no. but I don't know where he's gone now. No, I think he got shy that everyone was there and then. Mm. He yeah. might be on his way back here. It's a long way for yeah. a spider. That's true. He's got to get the metro back. Yeah. Well, Peter's got the ad read in front of him now. <laughs> I want to see a spider catch the metro <laughs> just waiting on the platform. That's the next Pixar <laughs> movie. Yeah. Bugs Life. It's too. holding on to the thing. Yeah, with seven legs. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be good. Um, we actually are sponsored by a real video game adjacent sponsor this week. Okay. It's well, not we a lie. Every week, but we always well, told we that. Week, so how do is, I know it's not a this lie? This is not a lie. My trust is just broken. We are sponsored this week by an upcoming live stream. Oh my goodness. That's happening on twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. Yeah. Uh, coming on the 5th of April, Wednesday, the 5th of April, be there or be squared circle. Oh. It's the WWE 2K23 Cultaholic versus Triple Jump live stream. 
Uh, we've been working very hard on this. A lot of you have been working very hard on this. We've yeah. sort of alluded to the fact that we're going to be doing something in the game. And we've been asking community members to make characters, both real people and less real or perhaps furry, plushy uh, characters yes. uh, in the game. Mm -hmm. You've delivered. And uh, Cultaholic have been doing the same. And you will be able to catch us sitting down on a sofa with our friends slash enemies <gasps> and uh, having a few fun little matches in 2K23. Yes. Mm. On Wednesday. It's a sponsored stream. It is sponsored. It kicks off at 3 p.m. BST. And as Peter said, be there or be squared circle because this VOD will not be going up on the VODs channel yeah. afterwards. It will be live. If you want to see it in its... Uh, in its in, What am I trying to say? Entirely. In that form uh -huh. in that in that presented form then you need to come live and see it at 3 p.m bst bst st and as peter also also said a big thank you to everyone who created mm. characters for us i believe we've now completed the roster so don't feel like you need to uh make stuff that we require to do the stream can you can do it for fun, fun yeah absolutely but we now have the required participants for the triple jump side of things so thank you very much there were some amazing things in there that we weren't able to yeah, end up using multiple like of different characters dead island to the spider was oh, uploaded really? <laughs> uh as a as a wrestler that's available now Did so just have four limbs i don't know it just looked like i think it had sort of medusa hair mm. and just sort of lots of clothes with dangly things, bits yeah. on it yeah. yeah so it was very inventive there's nice. some inventive stuff on there uh so if you search triple jump now on wwe 2k23 you'll find all sorts of stuff mm -hmm. final note before we move on that will mark the beginning of us streaming on twitch yes on the joint stream day i know it's wednesday next week and ashton will be streaming on the thursday mm -hmm. in her usual uh, solo stream slot but following that we will be streaming on twitch exclusively going forward at least for a little while uh on the joint stream side of things We're just testing the wars. Just an experiment we may end up doing some things on YouTube from time to time, like reaction streams and stuff, but largely the week-to-week -week joint stream playing a game will be on Twitch. So twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump, team triple jump, you can check us out there. However, we're not only sponsored by that, we're also sponsored by our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump, where for as little as $1 per month, you can submit questions to this podcast and uh, influence how the podcast goes. Maybe get a big discussion in there. Maybe ask a question that we think is excellent and we want to give an answer to. And hey, if you want to be in with a chance of, if you've always thought, oh, my question's never picked or you've never submitted a question because you can't think of something, a really good way to perhaps get into the big discussion is to just pick, you know, whatever you, whatever appears to be the biggest topical story of the week. Find, find an article, ask us a question. What do you think about the fact that, uh, you know, uh, Todd Howard has announced that he, the whole time he's been Peter Molyneux. Oh, oh, classic Todd. Out. What Todd. do you think about that? What, no. what do you think Next about that? Next week we're going to get 15 questions that all say, Mario movies coming out. Yeah. What do you think about you that? Think? And you should ask you that should. because I think we're going to go and see it. Yeah. Well, uh, some of us are. Yeah, Peter, when we asked him, it was immediately... I don't want to see that. Absolutely not. An immediate hard no, and then now <laughs> the I'm wavering. the hardest no I've ever heard. <laughs> I feel like I there will be letting... no hesitation at all. My social group down. No, I'm not going. I might end up going, but at first, <laughs> I hate it was Mario. A no. It's a solid, absolute no. So we it's want good. questions about that, but also we also need other questions as well mm. for the other, other three things. But all right, Peter, what's the first question? We've had a question from Dr. Lee. Thanks, Dr. Lee. Thank you, Dr. Dr. Underscore Lee. Greetings to the gestalt entity known only as BAP. 
What is the angriest a computer game has ever made you? Uh, it was when I was just asked if I want to go see the Mario movie. Just <laughs> no, no. How dare you ask? I me. once got so frustrated and annoyed playing X-wing versus Tie Fighter back in the 20th century. It says <laughs> that I physically smashed the install disc to bits with a hammer. Blimey, wow. that must have made you very cruel. It must have that. because in the time it would take me to go and get a hammer, yeah. I would like to think I would calm down a bit. But yeah, you must have been so mad. Maybe he's always got a hammer to hand. Yeah, just in case they don't yeah. call him Doctor Lee for nothing. No, nope. PhD in just. Destruction. <laughs> yes. Um, I think I've, well, I know I've talked about this before, but really the angriest I've ever been playing video games is the final bosses of either Tekken 5 or Tekken 6 or 7. 6, I think. The one with the pharaoh alligator called mm. Azazel. Yes. Razzle Dazzle, it's Azazel. And he is an arse. <laughs> and he's about... 15 feet tall. I may have said 12 feet last time, but he's getting bigger in my memory. <laughs> and he just does flips and... You can't say that. No, he looks really cool, but he's just like cheap as hell. Um, in Tekken 5, it's slightly more doable. And it feels like, I don't know if it, this is actually true, but it feels like it gets easier as you do more and more continues. That It's got like an adaptive mm -hmm. difficulty. I don't know if it actually does, but anyway, um, I would usually be taken down at least five or six times on my first uh, fight with Jinpachi Mishima is his name. He is a big man who um, he's like Heihachi Mishima's dad or something. And he turns into a monster and he has a big mouth on his tummy. Classic. Big teeth. Mm. Mm. And if you're like three feet away from him and you can't reach each other with normal attacks, he's got this like, really annoying projectile attack where he goes oh, and then a big fireball comes out of his tummy Whoa. which is pretty much the full height of your character so the only way to dodge it is to sidestep which is not actually that easy to do in Tekken um, so that was really cheap but I'd rather fight him than Azazel who was a real a-hole and um, it's probably one of the reasons why I really didn't like Tekken whichever one it was six I think so there Tekken you go. that one yeah yeah Azazel. Tekken Azazel. Uh, mm. uh, so uh, while I was saying that, I did think of another one, but it's now gone again from my mind. But I keep thinking. And uh, you tell, tell us yours, Ashton. I have one that I don't actually necessarily believe it was a wholly the game's fault, but it annoyed me so much that I can never play the game again. Uh, I think I've talked about it before. It's Outriders. It just, I wanted to play it. I was trying to stream it and it just was not working. It wouldn't let me do anything. It kept crashing. It just kept kicking me out of what I was doing like over and over again. So much so, that halfway through the stream, I just uninstalled the game. I Outriders'd it, as we now refer oh, yeah. to any any game that annoys <laughs> us right. so much that we uninstall it, it mm -hmm. gets outriders mm -hmm. Um It just, I don't know what it was. It just would not work. Everyone else's seemed to work fine and mine was just actively trying to wind me up um also another thing that is, was actually the game's fault was the um wagon bit from plague's tale um oh my god i i <laughs> felt an a rage that i honestly don't know if i've ever experienced before or since because i just hated it so much and just i couldn't believe that this was where the game had gone and i was so annoyed by everything about it and then it wasn't made better by the final boss I think, honestly, the games of the final boss made it worse because I was like, good, now I've got to do this nonsense for like five minutes. I just, oh, I got so full of rage during that wagon bit. I was so mad I almost didn't finish the game. But you got through it. Mm. And what yeah. a reward. Yeah, what a reward. You. Yeah. 
Pope rat. Yeah. Rat Pope. Rat Pope. <laughs> the big rat Pope. I need to go back to the second game just to see if it could. Because again, that game starts off very grounded. And I'm wondering what absolute mm. ridiculousness mm. awaits further in. Rat, rat flip insane. Rat king. Yes. <laughs> yes. I... I haven't played the second game either because there was one bit that really annoyed me during that. Right at the beginning, I got stuck in a bit where the save like checkpoint was just messing mm. me up and I literally couldn't get past it. So, um, yeah, I've not played the second one. It's tainted in my mind forever yeah. now. I was just kind of bored by the second one. Mm. I, I just, I, I was still bumping into the same frustrating AI issues and like I just yeah. don't enjoy the stealth in that game at all and it was it's like it's a shame because it's it really loads nice. of stealth it's a nice idea it's a nice setting yeah it's a nice it is. aesthetic yeah. you know, I like everything else really about intriguing, it but, but this yeah. the stealth I just can't be asked. I just can't be bothered I have remembered uh, what my my thing was it was just generally various bosses in the first Kingdom Hearts game um, oh yeah like you fight Sephiroth in that he's got an attack where uh, if it lands he knocks down you, he knocks you down to one HP instantly and all of your MP goes so you can't even heal yourself with magic. So you have to be carrying loads and loads of elixirs in your inventory and you can mm. only carry a limit of like seven or something. Um, Maleficent was difficult and yeah, various various bosses. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be honest, most of my frustrating times with games have come from trying to get platinum trophies mm. and having to do the hardest difficulties mm. or especially in my early early platinum days uh, when I was first getting into them when an easy platinum trophy consisted of playing a movie tying game for at least six hours and then getting all of the collectibles which was not easy at all yeah um that there were a lot of frustrating moments in that because those movie tying games were pretty much uniformly terrible. You're uh, cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Uh, Disney Pixar's Up, Mega Mind was another one as well that I remember just sort of being extremely frustrating because it was a bad game and it was mm -hmm. badly designed. It was extremely tedious. <clears throat> Some of them, I think, if you missed a collectible. They weren't available in chapter select and maybe you'd have to play through the whole thing again oh. to get the last collectible you needed. Just not fun stuff at all. That would be extremely frustrating. Uh, and then, of course, as I've spoken about before, playing through uh, Mass Effect 2 on insane difficulty or insanity difficulty, whatever it's called, was it made me so cross because it was just so hard to the point that it wasn't fun yeah. at all. And I would make myself go invisible and uh, run through entire sections of enemies just to so I could hit the next trigger to start the next section so yeah. I wouldn't have to fight through them because they it was so punishing. Um but I've thrown controllers and I've like punched pillows before and stuff when I've got really cross or I've something. like smacked the desk in yeah. frustration. Recently I was playing Minecraft Dungeons and I got killed. I was really annoyed and I fully like punched the desk and my cat got very upset. Aww. She was like <laughs> What? what is that? What is it? <laughs> is that loud noise? Definitely had frustrations in Soulsborne games as well. I think yeah. actually most recently when I was uh, grinding to level up off stream in Dark Souls 3 and then I was getting a bit too adventurous and being a bit too silly and I went too far out of the comfort area where I knew I could farm things and then just teleport back and then come back out and kill the enemies again and I got killed and then I got killed again and I lost all those souls and at that point I thought, you know what, screw this and I booted up my PS4 loaded up my uh, I have my friend's account on there downloaded his save data and his digital version of Dark Souls 3 without even asking him and then between my PS5 and his uh, and my PS4 with his account on 
proceeded to drop myself upgrade items over and over <laughs> again and re-download save dates. So like, that's it. I'm at my limit. I'm cross now and I'm going to cheat. I don't even care. <laughs> uh, but it's been a while. To actually smash something with a disc, though, I've, I've, when I've been really cross before, I've thought, I'm going to I'm gonna stamp on this controller. I'm going to get up and I'm mm. going to stamp. But the process of like putting it down on the floor and then standing up and then raising your foot, there's, there's plenty of time in that cycle where you think... Change my mind. Maybe this is a bit silly. Mm. Maybe I'm really cross in that specific split second, but I'm not cross enough for several seconds, like premeditated console, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, controller destruction. I don't have that in me. Yeah, so. yeah. You wouldn't be able to plead insanity if you said I smashed the disc with a hammer. No, mm. no, no. You went down I and went got out that to hammer. the shed. You knew what you were doing. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame. Well, uh, it's time for a section. Ashton, we trialed this out last week. We did actually, oh, while you were up. Uh, it was. Did people like it? I can't remember. Actually. No, I don't know. But it's it's pretty new, um, right. and I hope you can just pick it up as we go. All right, cool. Um, try and just get it from the name. Right. Just work out what just it is. Figure it out. Yeah, it's called. What we play in. Oh. It's what we play in time. Time to talk about what we've been playing. Peter Austin. Yeah. What we, brackets you, have been playing. <laughs> On stream and off stream, I've been playing Resident Evil 4 Remake. Nice. You like it? I really like it. Oh. Well, I said, oh. I had a conversation <laughs> with Ben yesterday. Um, where this uh, isn't going where you think it's no, going. No, it's not. It's not. I really, really like it. It's a really good game. It's like, technically fantastic it looks great i love that engine i love obviously that game and that game world in terms of liking the original so i'm loving all of that i'm just finding it a bit like um i couldn't really think of the word yesterday and i can't think of it now but it's it's just quite like dark and intense and mm. i think obviously the original version of the game is pretty spooky and horrible and oh you know what a horrible place i'm in but i guess that i'd played that so often that it almost felt like quite a familiar place and almost like like coming home every time I booted it up. Like, oh yeah, here I am in that village where they're trying to like kill me with chainsaws. Ah yes, here I am <laughs> once again enjoying myself. Whereas now I am in that place in the sense that I'm I'm experiencing all the horrible aspects of it. But because it's not exactly the same, I don't have that like exact feeling of like, Oh, yeah, my one of my favorite places in gaming because it's just different enough, even though you do obviously recognize lots of things and little references and bait and switch and stuff, that all I'm really getting from it is like the harrowing thing that Leon is going through in this like horrible place. And so it's great, but it's it's definitely having more of a horror game effect on me, not in a scared sort of way, but just a... Oh, it's like almost I'm, like too realistic now. Yeah, well, I suppose so. Yeah, there's that too. And it is harder, I think, whether that's because they've actually designed it to be harder or just because it's it's different enough that like I'm I'm I've got certain behaviors and habits from the the original version. Like I'm sort of running in a bit more than I should be and I feel like my character is more mobile than ironically, I feel my character is more mobile than uh, he really is. Like I got very used to the tank controls and the turning you can do a 360 turn in the mm. uh, ps2 version um and you can't you move in a different way in this game and it's actually it can be harder to get out of tight spots um so there's nothing wrong with it at all that, that i've found so far it's a really good game i'm just like having to actively like psych myself up to sit mm. down and play it i said to ben that uh the other day i was like Oh, got got a few hours before bedtime. I could sit down and play some uh, some PS Five, and I was like, "Well, obviously the game I'm playing at the moment is Resi," and I was like, 
I don't think I want to sit and play Resident Evil like before I go to bed. Again, if, not because I'm scared, but because it's just... If it were a pudding, mm. would you describe it as rich? A bit rich. Rich in, in obviously not a nice way. Yeah, in the yeah. sense that it's, oh, it's a bit rich, isn't it? You have it? like yeah. one spoonful and you're like, okay, I can't have much of this. It's making me feel a bit, yeah, a bit yeah. sicky now. Um, there you are. Yeah. So it, it's a really good game. There's like, I can't find anything wrong with it. But you can't eat too much. But I can't eat too much in one go because it makes me feel a bit anxious and depressed. (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah. Creme anglaise. Yeah, man. Get you. How fancy is that? You've been watching some baking show or something. No. English cream. (laughs) Yeah, English cream. No, I don't know where I saw that, actually, recently. Maybe I was just... I don't know. Where did I see that? I don't know. Where have I seen that? I must have read it somewhere. But it's really good. And I am enjoying it in a different sense. So, yeah. I'm going to continue to enjoy it. Good. Ashton, what have you been playing? I've been playing a few things. I played some more Professor Layton and Pandora's Box, which is the second Professor Layton game on DS, and played it on the plane and the train. Um, The plane at 3am was a bit harder to play Professor Layton on because puzzles seemed a lot harder than they normally do because I had had one and a half hours sleep. Um, So I kept me and my friends were like, tag teaming puzzles we were like i don't get it and just passing the ds around to try and figure out and eventually we figured a few of them out um and i also played some mario versus donkey kong the other little puzzler with the minis um played a little bit of that and i played chia and i like that game a lot I think it's pretty. Maybe it's I like need to be the, playing a bit of Chia I was going to say, you need like a palate cleanser of like, right, an hour of Resi and half an hour of Chia and Chia it's like the glaze. perfect balance. Yes, yes exactly. I've thought of the exact word I've been looking for all this time. Go on. Distressing. Is oh, how oh my God. It's distressing. <laughs> Not it's what so I much thought worse you were than say. I thought. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> I need some Chia. I mean, yeah. I'm distressed. I'm distressed. Help me. I need Chia. Bring me nighttime too. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I've been playing that. I played someone's stream last week, um, was my first kind of glimpse into the game. And then I accidentally deleted the save. So I, I played that whole section again up to the point that um, I finished it and I played a bit more last night. And man, that game's so good. It's so pretty and the, st- the soundtrack is amazing. And it it feels a little bit like it's a smaller open world, but the traversal is like both slow and fast like if you're kind of low level you're having to run around a lot and your glide doesn't last as long but once you've kind of leveled up your stamina and your soul ability you can basically like stay in a bird for like a full minute and a half and just fly around in a bird yeah so you can soul jump into a bird and then fly around as a bird or go underwater as a dolphin and just swim around you can basically turn into like every kind of movable object so like coconuts rocks um there's like these little wooden guys that you can change into there's animals and birds you can be a cow if you want to and you can make a cow do a poo and then the poos are explosive so you can carry that around with you and blow things up just carry some poo around yep in your Mm -hmm. pocket um i just think it's it's just great and there was a cut scene kind of relatively early on after you finished the main the first main mission that had both me and my partner fully like mouth open shocked about what happened just completely like out of left field tonal whiplash from the rest of the game wow um, didn't expect that from chia yeah exactly you kind of watching it and you're like oh lovely colors nice sounds oh my god did that just really happen yes it did so okay. um i would recommend it to playing it if you've got extra just pe- like pay for it for a month and you can play it but i think it's pretty it's a pretty good game mm. and i think everyone should play it 
Is it set in New Catalonia or New, based on New Cal? It's like Cal based on New Caledonia. Caledonia. So I think it's the islands are the same shape as New Caledonia, and all the language is in French, mm -hmm. and another language I can't remember the name of. So it's not. There's none of it's in English, but obviously all the subtitles are. Um, it's based on like the fauna and the like flora of the world. Um, and some of the like folklore has been adjusted. All the songs are recorded by New Caledonian artists. So mm. every bit of lyrics and um, sound is all done locally. And basically one of the um, heads of the studio grew up in New Caledonia. So they, uh, they've they got a lot of personal touches to it. And I just think it's it's really mm. nice. It's nice, it's yeah. Every, a lot of it is done really respectfully. And when you first boot up the game, there's like a bit of um, like a kind of PowerPoint almost kind of thing we could tap through that tells you all about New Caledonia and how they made the game and stuff. So I think it's really good. Hmm. I saw a video of one of the devs saying like, you don't need to know anything about New Caledonia no. folklore to play this game. And I thought, hey, don't you don't have to be like defensive about it. That's a really nice thing to, mm. to mm. you know, but I guess maybe some people do think like, oh, I'm not going to understand what's going on. I think you'll probably pick it up. Yeah. And if it actually tells you about it in the game as well, then that's yeah, great. Yeah, exactly. And it's all very magical as well. Mm. So it's obviously not based in realism, yeah. but it's pretty good. Nice. I've heard a few people say that they kind of want to visit New Caledonia mm -hmm. after playing it. Is that how you 100%, feel? 100%, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wasn't so far away. And I would also feel bad now. I'd be like, oh, I don't want to go and disturb the like mm. perfectly balanced area of New Caledonia by visiting it. So I'll just appreciate it from afar. Uh, and if I ever get to go, I'll be respectful of the world because yeah. that's what the game has taught me to do. Careful yes. with the cow poos. Careful with the cow poos. They yeah. explode. You can't pick up the cow poos there. No. No. You can't hear there. Yeah. Yes. Put you them straight can. in your pocket. What have you been playing, Ben? I had a friend up over the weekend and we played some co-op stuff. Uh, we played uh, a fair amount of Saints Row, actually. Went back into that. That is... An absolute travesty in cooperative play. Yeah. I will say that much because on the main menu, Peter, yes. there's a bit that says co-op mm -hmm. and you click on it and it says start new co-op game. And then what it doesn't tell you is that you can't actually play co-op together until the first two missions are finished. Oh, brilliant. It just didn't. Did that work for you? Because it would, sure we'd played would it not you. work for me. Or maybe, oh, yeah, maybe not until you get to the flat. Yeah. Yeah. It's the mission after the flat where you go get the money, you do the robbery yeah, and it goes yeah. wrong. It was like your first time playing co-op in that game. It was my first time playing co-op. And every time you try to join each other, it just says, host is busy. Yeah. Right. It doesn't tell you why. The fact that there's an option on the main menu that says start new co-op game would imply well, actually, that you know, can play together from the get-go. I think we did play it together from because the first mission is like when you're a part of the military thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, doing the raid. I'm almost certain we played that level together. Curious, because that would not work for us. And when I was looking it up online, there were a few other people that had the same issue. On our, the, the most recent posts were from launch, so no one, <laughs> no one is posting about this game anymore. Yeah. Uh, so almost a year ago, and uh, the the overwhelming response was, oh, yeah, you got to wait until like you finish this second mission, then you can play co-op. And to be fair, once that finished, we could then play. If your co-op partner, if your intended co-op partner is in a mission or undertaking any kind of activity, you cannot join them in co-op. You have to wait until they're finished. It, and every single time the blanket messages, host is busy. Mm. And it just if if it just told you what was, even if it was as simple as, uh, host is in a mission. Yeah. Try again later. Wait then you'd until mission know. Three then you would yeah. know what's going. But no, there's no 
yeah, anyway, so that's silly. Um, did you get past that bit and play together at some point? Yeah, we did. We, we played a fair bit of it yeah. um, after that. And uh, there was this weird thing where it like morphed my body. So I used my my existing character, the one I made for for Babs. And one of her taunts or like gestures that she could do is one of is almost like a praise the sun kind of thing where you put your arms up uh, at an angle to your head. And on my screen, it looked fine. On the other on on my friend's screen, it looked like some sort of eldritch abomination, almost like. Um, the GTA remasters, like the the right. there was almost no definition, and the arms were extended further than they should have been. So it was like a perfect line, <laughs> like it was a perfectly straight line along the back of her arms. Like right. it just didn't look, and she had almost like flipper mm. hands as well. Like it was something really wrong with it. Uh, apart from that, like we played as much of that as we could stomach really and then uh he had uh far cry 6 installed that he was making his way through so i jumped into that for a bit and we did literally the same thing seven or eight times which you do in that game mm -hmm. which was liberating camps and stuff and mm -hmm. then that was all we could sort of stomach of that so it was yeah. sort of like a kind of wonky co-op weekend mm -hmm. but it yeah. was pretty fun i had i had a fun time regardless uh, what else have I played? I have finished Mass Effect, uh, Mafia, sorry, Definitive Edition, mm. which I started playing while you were off. Did you enjoy it? Well, I have a question, yes. actually, before I answer that I've question. I've heard you talk about the warehouse bit. What warehouse bit is that that you were struggling with, the if you remember? Bit. Yeah, I remember you saying something, it might be on Twitter. There was like a warehouse bit that you didn't enjoy. Oh, I don't remember. Okay. Because um, there was a warehouse bit I didn't enjoy either. Oh, maybe it might have been getting from like, there was like a train yard and I had to get through it. Stealth warehouse? Or there's uh, a shootout warehouse? I think maybe both were annoying okay. me. Yeah, both were bad, um, yeah. Did you enjoy, did you ever, so the yes. game confused me because mm -hmm. I thought it was open world mm. and then it's just like mission to mission to mission. Yes, it is, yeah. And that's, and but then there's like a separate thing. Yeah. That's free like free drive where you can, I assume, go back and get the stuff you missed. But mm. I did I did not I thought it was gonna be like you do a mission, then you're allowed to drive around a bit. Yeah, then... like a usual sandbox. Yeah, but you can't do that. You can't do that, right? No, you can't do okay, that. Okay, cool. No. I thought I was just like I've been messing it up. That was also what I was expecting. And as I said last week on the podcast, I was actually kind of glad to discover it was mission mm. after mission mm. because it would just felt like I was getting through the game faster. I found it really stop start and it really annoyed me though. Like I feel like I'd play the game for like two minutes mm. and then I'd watch five minutes of cutscene and then I'd play the game for two minutes and I'd watch mm. five minutes of cutscene. Mm. And I kept, I never got attention span for that. So I just kept going on my phone waiting for the cutscene to finish and being oh, like, no. oh, it's time to play now. See, I... I think I, I think I enjoyed it overall. Like I'm glad I played it, uh, but I felt like it ended sort of abruptly, and it didn't really have a very satisfying conclusion. Mm. And it also is definitely, as I said last week, faithful to a fault to the PS2 original, where there's lots of stuff in there where you think, why this feels like a real, this feels like a game out of time. Uh, and there was a bit where I was stealthing through this level, and I hadn't been spotted at all, and then I set like a millimeter of my toe into a new area and suddenly everyone was aware that I was there because clearly the game needed me to be to, right. needed mm. me to be seen at that point so that I could have a, a firefight so the end cutscene made sense or something. Mm. It was like, this just, this is rubbish. This just takes me out of the experience massively. Mm. And then there is that warehouse where you have to stealth through and, it, and they do all have Terminator vision they where do. they can see you through the walls right. and stuff and yeah. it's just not very fun. Um, glad I played it. 
it did immediately make me want to play Mafia 2, which I which has its own fair share of issues, but which I really like. Mm. Um, and then I was thinking maybe I should play Mafia 3 because I bounced off that and I was really excited for it coming up to launch. And it wasn't the best, but maybe I should give it another go. So I've downloaded it, but I haven't started it yet because I couldn't be asked. And that's the end of that. Mm. Uh, apart from that, I finished playing Pokemon Blue and I completed my Pokedex, which is... I saw that on Twitter, yeah. First yeah. time I've ever completed the Pokedex in that game. Uh, I did end up, because I was emulating it, I did end, end up having to use sort of like ROM hacks to get the Pokemon in from red version that I couldn't access. Mm -hmm. But I know there's a caveat there, but I still, it feels like an accomplishment that's been a long time coming and I had a great time. Um, so such a good time, in fact, that I've started up Pokemon Gold and I'm now playing through that. And I've also just from the get go, I don't even care. I've just started it with some cheats on. So I had a, I put a cheat on so I could get all three of the starter Pokemon mm -hmm. just so I could have them all. Um, and I want to tell you their names because I'm kind of proud of them. So there's right. a fire type, a water type and a grass type. Mm -hmm. And the fire type is called Firemon Sam. Okay. But Mon is in Pokemon. That's clever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the water Pokemon is called Aqualon, as in Aqua Allen. Aqualon. Okay. Aqualon. Could have been Aquamon. Yeah. It could have been Aquamon, but you know, then it Snotty. sounds like a Pokemon then, doesn't it? Yeah, I suppose it does. Yeah. Uh, come on, Peter. Yeah. And then a the final one, the grass type, I've got Poison Ivan. They're very good. Mm. So those are my three starters. I haven't got very far yet, um, but I did also <laughs> set a cheat so that the Pokemart the second and first item that they sold, or first and second item they sold, one was the Master Ball mm. and one was a rare candy. Then I put infinite money on and I bought stacks upon stacks upon stacks upon stacks of rare candies and Master Balls that have gone in the PC so that I can really just have a fantastic time as mm. I play through this game, catch literally everything, no problem at all. Um, and I'm not spamming my Pokemon with rare candies, but I am using them to level up the ones I catch to evolve so that I can then get the Pokedex entry and I can right. stick it back in the bank. So I'm playing through legitimately in the least legitimate way possible <laughs> and i'm having a great time it's sort of like a bedtime game i'm playing it in bed so nice that's what i've been playing lovely well now it's time to go to review corner for a review that has actually is cursed so uh we've tried to record this three times mm -hmm. so hopefully it'll be there now let's go over to review corner and see what they've got to say shall we yeah and we're in the review corner we're here and we're ready to talk about a video game that Ashton has been playing recently. What is it called, Ashton? Please? It is called Bayonetta Origins, Cereza and the Lost Demon. Lovely. Cereza being the original name of the iconic Bayonetta. Oh, That is okay. her like name as a child. That's her shoot name, yes, brother. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, so this is a prequel hmm. kind of thing to what we know as Bayonetta, but it's absolutely nothing like Bayonetta so don't get excited about hair wizardry there's none of that damn she's a I little 10 year old okay and uh it tells you a bit about her growing up so her mum and dad are from two separate clans mm. and they made a baby and that's not allowed oh so sort of Romeo and Juliet yeah kind of, kind of situation but except Romeo's been banished from oh, no. the realm and uh Juliet's been put in prison Oh. Yeah. So Bayonetta's been going to visit her, Cereza's been going to visit her as much as she can, but they've moved her mother to an even deeper part of the dungeon where she can no longer visit her. Mm. And in her sadness, she's visited by some kind of angel boy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know My who he angel is. Boy. Angel boy. Um, who tells her that if she goes through the 
uh, Avalon Forest and follows the white wolf mm. that she will gain powers where she can save her mother. Classic. Classic. Everyone's done that. The Avalon Forest is like the forbidden zone. Mm -hmm. It's dangerous in there, especially for a, a little girl. Um, there's also some characters that we've met before. So there's Cereza, there's John from one of the other characters. There's Morgana, which is also, she's in other um, games as well. Um, and essentially it's like an isometric, colorful kind of adventure platformer. Okay. Um, where you don't really fight that many enemies. However, it does control weird because Cereza is being controlled by the left bumper and trigger and the left stick. Okay. And then your lost demon who is called Cheshire, is being controlled by the right stick, right trigger, and right bumper. Okay, so it's a bit like Brothers of Tale of yeah, Two Sons. Uh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, and so essentially, you are playing both of them, and certain so Cereza can't get through certain things, and the uh, demon also can't get through certain obstacles, so you have to kind of help each other out to find your way through. Mm. This game is so close to working as a multiplayer game. Like, you could absolutely give the controller to someone else. Mm -hmm. However, there are certain bits where Bayonetta just has to kind of carry him around because right. he's basically possessed your little stuffed toy. So oh, he can okay. go into big, like, giant demon cat form mm -hmm. or be little teddy bear. Right. So uh, occasionally you have to just kind of carry him around and you can use the right stick to, like, extend his neck out to get, like, gems and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of weird, but I, I do kind of wish that it was like two player because I sometimes struggle to like control both of them and they end up both walking into walls because I can't yeah. do both at the it's, same time. It sort of melts your brain a bit, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Which platforms is it on out of interest? It is just on Switch. Just on Switch. So theoretically that would work really well if you slipped the, the Joy-Cons yeah, off. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. So you could definitely still play in two player. Um, you'd have to do the first kind of like half an hour, maybe 45 minutes in mm. single player. But um, you could give the control to someone else easy and play it with someone if you fancied um there's a bunch of cut scenes that are told in like a storybook form so it's all very much like fairy tale like there's a an old woman narrator telling you what's happening um there's voice acting the whole way through and yeah i think it's, it's a pretty cute little game if you like bayonetta for the mechanics you're not gonna like this one because right. there's absolutely nothing like it. But if you like Bayonetta for the story, you're gonna probably quite like this because there's a lot of lore that's kind of packed into it. Mm -hmm. um, and if you don't like Bayonetta because of the mechanics, there's nothing like it. So give <laughs> it a go, not a I guess. Crazy third person action. No, not at all. It's quite chill. There's only the occasional kind of fight. Really, is just against these little. They're called fairies and they're just these little like dudes. Okay. Um, and there's certain areas that you can do again to like get faster times. So there's like certain fairy, I want to say eggs, but that's not what they are. Okay. Um, where you can like do them over and over again to solve the puzzle quicker and defeat them quicker. Mm -hmm. um, and you have to tag team them. So Bayonetta can like grab them with vines and um, Cheshire can smack them with his big hands. Brilliant. Yeah. And um, there's crafting, there's collectibles, there's all kind of things in there. Okay. Um, but it's really pretty yeah. and it's really like visually interesting to look at. And the story is interesting. So I think if you are kind of a fan of Bayonetta, you will enjoy this. Mm -hmm. But even if you're not a fan of the, the way it plays, I think it's a pretty cute game for mm -hmm. anyone just to pick up and play. I don't think you really need the Bayonetta knowledge so far, having not played many Bayonetta games. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm 
confused because it's a prequel, so I don't really need to know what's going on if I okay. don't have to. So yeah, that's Bayonetta Origins Series of the Lost Demon. Fantastic. It's out right now mm-hmm. on Nintendo Switch. Thank you to Nintendo for providing the review code as well. Yes. And back to the podcast. We did it. Yeah. Did they say it? I bloody hope so. Let's hope it worked this time. Hmm. Fingers crossed. Uh, that was meant to go in last week's uh, mm. podcast, but there was a slight There's issue. Someone accidentally deleted the audio <sighs> and then went on holiday. And then went on holiday. <laughs> so, uh, whoops, <laughs> never mind. Uh, it's there now. Thank you very much to Nintendo for supplying us with a code for Bayonetta mm-hmm. Origins. Absolutely. And then it's got a big old subtitle with lots of uh, words in it. Bayonetta Origins, Cereza and the Lost Demon. That's the one. It's called... One. I have question two now. Comes from Tommy the Wank Engine. Howdy. I recently saw an ad on Instagram for a future game, a future game system called Quell, which is unreleased but combines exercise and gaming, seemingly. Sort of a mix between a regular console and a VR console, in that sense, but no goggles. Now, although we just witnessed the death of Google Stadia, I feel like, the, I feel like this idea has potential, and I'm seriously considering pre-ordering this right now when it's a reasonable price. I know it's easy to scoff this away as a potential short-lived fad, but one of my favorite forms of exercise is to ride an indoor bike while playing games on my system. I'm thinking of breaking my one rule and pre-ordering it, something I never do and have even been advised by my second favorite podcast, the Triple Jump Podcast, to avoid doing. I think that's okay, I think, because Tommy's first favorite podcast is Poddy. Right. So I think... I think well, that's a knowing nod. Actually, okay. Kind of disrespectful rude. to Ashton. Yeah, because I'm not I mean, on that. Peter and I are... So how dare you, yeah. Tommy? Might not be the rest of your question now. <laughs> so, But the question bit is coming now. Well, maybe I just won't answer it and we'll move on. Um, so what do you all think about something like Quell? And do you think it has the potential to sell well? Sell Quell. Quell Quell. Sell Quell. Uh, I've had a quick Google of Quell. I hadn't heard of this. Yeah, I've never heard of this. I'd seen an advert for it, I think, on something and and briefly looked at it, but I didn't know that was what it was called. Yeah, I uh, I wouldn't... I mean, admittedly, I only watched the background video that ran on the homepage. And it's a very nice homepage. Yeah, it yeah. is. And I didn't like look much further into it. But whether there is some sort of VR aspect to it, I don't know. But it looked to me like... I mean, Tommy does say no goggles, but I wouldn't call it a VR console mm-hmm. as much as I would call it a motion of emotion control. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like a Wii, really. Um, it has... But the difference is, compared to a Wii, it's got like tension, like resistance bands mm. and stuff. So you like put a big thing around your your chest and that has those elastic-y things attached to it. So that when you're then moving your equivalent Wii motes, your quell motes, it will, you know, hopefully be giving you a bit more of a workout. So um, I think like this doesn't necessarily even have to have like longevity as long as it it does what they're saying it does right now, and if that is what you're interested in, Tommy, then why not just get one? If you if that's a good way for you to work out, and for a lot of people that is a, a much preferred way to work out, to like sort of gamify it, and you know it means that you don't necessarily have to go outside if you don't want to like go jogging or anything like that, then you know this is probably going to work for a lot of people. I know plenty of people who enjoyed just you know doing kind of wee based exercise, which. All right, it's probably not as good as being in the gym, but if it gets you moving, uh, especially if you're like, well, I would never go to the gym in the first place, then that's fine. So I think uh, it's hard to say at this point whether it's going to be worth the price tag. Uh, You say it's a reasonable price at the moment in air quotes or real quotes written on the page there. Um, (laughs) But if you look at what it's saying and think that the things it's offering justify the price, then... 
I think there's no harm in pre-ordering it because a, a system like that doesn't have to have longevity. If it's only got like a, a fairly limited number of like exercises and things you can do, that's fine if that's what you want out of it. You know, it's not like a, an actual console in the truest sense that needs to be constantly innovating, bringing out new games to entertain you and give you fresh stories and narratives to experience. This just has to be good at giving you a workout and gamifying it in some way. It doesn't even have to be the market leader in that industry. If some competitor comes out and they're like, hey, move over, Quell. We are... Um, Bell. Bell. We're Bell. And <laughs> it comes with dumbbells. Then mm. it, it's fine if Quell that. is still just doing what you want it to do. So... Yeah, I think it's it's far more risk-free to pre-order something like this than it would be to pre-order a new actual entertainment console that is kind of coming out of the blue. My initial reaction was that um, I thought it looked a bit... The game, specifically, that they were showing off with... Shardfall. Looked, Shardfall. Looked a lot like the Ring Fit game that Nintendo Switch came out with a little while ago with the you know the big circle thing, mm. the tension and the leg strap to, to get you running. Um, it had very similar energy of like you fight Monsty, but the Quell kind of looks more like a like a boxer size type exercise rather than what Quell was, which was more like not Quell, sorry, what the Ring Fit was, which was more like arms and like torso, and it would make you do various like aerobics and Zumba style exercising. Um, but like Peter says, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to sell particularly well. Obviously, it doesn't have to also have longevity. If it does what it says on the tin, the game comes out, you get the exercise out of it, the game is good, it works, the system works, then great, fantastic. As long as it's not like the price of a regular console, which I did you... Note down how much it costs because I didn't. Uh, I think it's like £230 and that's a, a, a reduced pre-order offer from like 300 and something. Right. So it's not as expensive as getting other things, but it is potentially quite expensive for a system that only has one game on it. With no track record. With no track record. Yeah, it's um, still a risk. It but... is definitely a risk for pre-ordering it, but I do think something like this could work. Why not? Um, people do like to exercise from home. My mum's friend always used to do Davina in her house. So what's the difference of just, you know... <laughs> it reminds me of Peloton. And, yeah, but, Peloton. But rather yeah. than having an exercise bike, uh, you've just got like some Wiimote things. Yeah. yeah, and Peloton is also like four times the price. Mm. So yeah, yeah I, think, I think it could work. And like Peter says, it doesn't necessarily have to have the longevity, but I would be worried about um, pre-ordering it when I don't know anything about it per se. Yeah, it, it's... <sighs> It's going to work for you specifically, Tommy, if it's if exercise is purely about gamifying the experience. Mm. Because I Googled resistance band boxing workout, and I found <laughs> for £50, you can get a boxing exercise belt and resistance band set that is functionally of kind of... I just put the whole listing in my notes. It's functionally kind of exactly the yeah. same thing. Mm. However, you, you you'll, you'll pay less. And you can watch whatever TV you want while it's on, I suppose. You won't be able to play games. But as Ashton said, Shardfall, it seems, is the only game you're going to get. And we don't have any idea who is developing, if anyone is developing anything else for it. Uh, I'm immediately a little bit... Um, Sus? 
not su- su- what is a synonym for sus? Skeptical. Thank you. I'm, sus. Ad- <laughs> I'm sus. immediately a bit skeptical of a system I've never heard of that's just been kickstarted. Mm. I looked into it a little bit, and between their Kickstarter and Indiegogo, they raised 1.5 million approximately. Uh, they're a London-based mm. development uh, firm. But then an article that I was looking at, I forgot to make a note of the of the Source. the name of, but the sort the the link will be in the dump. Uh, it says that London-based fitness tech developer Quell has closed a $10 million or $8.3 million Series A funding round in support of its gamified exercise product. So it received loads of additional funding from other sources, including uh, Chinese conglomerate Tencent, uh, and follow-on investments from yes, they do, and follow-on investments from existing backers. Cosla Ventures, Hardcore Capital, Social Impact Capital, and Naval Revacant. Now, I'm not commenting on the quality or the the ethics of those backers, but the fact that it's had so much more than its initial public investment added on after the fact means that clearly these people believe that there's something in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this, and I don't know. I, I just don't know what's going to happen to it, though. Like, you can. As, as Peter said, like if you're just going to get your exercise out of it, then fair enough. But you will only be able to play Shardfall on your exercise bike. It's you, you're saying that you can play other games as well, like pretty much any game. Hmm. Why not get something? So if it's boxer size that you're after, you can get things that do boxer size that will probably allow you to play or watch anything you want in the background at the same time. This is a very niche product. So in answer to your your question specifically. No, I do not see it selling well in no. a, in a in a broad mainstream way, but it could, as these guys have said, function perfectly for what you want from it. Mm. But for two hundred and thirty pounds for something I've never heard of with one game, I'm not not interested. I'd be more inclined to spend a bit of money and buy a VR headset with a bunch of games that require you to punch. Mm. Yeah, my friend plays a lot of Beat Saber. Yeah, uh, for exercise, we and you can always put you can get like weight. Bracelets yeah. and stuff on to increase resistance. There's you can even modify probably some existing equipment like boxer size. Probably just stuff get a boxer size and play a boxing goes, game. In you can VR. get things that go around your waist and the straps that go on. So when you pull up, you're pulling weights up and mm-hmm. stuff like. There's there's lots of analog solutions that I appreciate will not be as much of an all-in-one thing as this, but it's less of a risk. Mm. We played a lot of Beat Saber during lockdown when we weren't allowed to leave our house. We were swinging our arms around like madmen. So fully recommend Sweaty doing that. Work. Sweaty work. Sweaty work. Beat Saber is, yeah. But if you do get it, Tommy, let us know. Because yeah. I genuinely never heard of this before. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we may all end up having egg on our faces when it takes the world by storm. Mm. But currently, mm-hmm. very skeptical, very sus. Yeah. Wow. Time for something a bit strange now. Bit a sus. bit sus. <laughs> it's time for... Sus weird, news. Skeptical sus news. news. Weird news. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's weird news time. Time for some weird video game news. Uh, remember, you can always submit weird video game news to us via the post that goes out on Facebook and Twitter near the start of the week. If you want to guarantee a shout out during this section, however, you need to go to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump supporters at a certain tier and become a podcast producer just like Nathan. G.Y. Goliath. Nexus Polaris. Duncan Wilson. Blake Thomas. Ellie Nicholas. Nicole Hansen. Maldi Albonet. Katie Garrett. And Gabrielle Philippink. Forget Thank, I was here, you, you? Podcast, Thank you, podcast. Yeah, briefly. Thank you, podcast producers. Take one week off and suddenly everyone forgets I'm here. I, Did you hear that, Peter? I didn't hear anything. Have got a news from Jonathan Wong. Good. Is that Facebook? It's loading. From Facebook. <laughs> yeah, John, thank you, Jonathan, Jonathan Wong, Wong, of Facebook one. for sending us news on Facebook. Him. It is now loaded. Um, it is according to Kotaku, written by Luke Plunkle, your boy, favorite. who says, Gran Turismo 4 cheat codes found nearly 20 years later. Oh. We've been playing the 2004 racing game without the extra help, he says. Oh. Um, we may earn a commission from links on this page. Oh, click oh, them all. Cheeky. Yeah. <laughs> Support Luke Plunkett. Click every single one. Po Polyphonies, Polyphonies, Gran Turismo 4. <laughs> no. <laughs> released in December 20, uh, 2004, is a video game we have been playing for almost 20 years. Straight. Luke yes. has not yeah, stopped. Yeah. I love this game. <laughs> and we have, oh, he even says, and we have all been playing it this entire time without realizing that it has cheat codes. We've oh, all been playing classic. it. Classic. But it does, he says. It do? Twitter user Nenkai posted the revelation over the weekend, showing that there are four cheats players can use, each one relying on a combination of button presses, just like in days of old. The catch is that 365 days need to have passed on the game's internal calendar before they're made active, which might explain why it's taken so long for them to, to have been discovered. As speculated, that figure likely means the cheats were actually dev tools, which is actually what most old cheats were, it says. Um, then they've embedded the tweet in there. Uh, if you've got the game and want to try them out yourself, here they are. I'm not going to read all the... Go on. Okay. 10 million credits... On the GT mode screen, press select, left, right, up, down, up, left, down, up, right, left, down, L1, R1, select. 
Nice. Good. Right. Yeah. Do you want to hear the other three? Yes, please. Yeah. You can pass any license by going to the license selection oh, screen and pressing select R1, select R1, select L2, L2, R2, R2, L1, select, L1, select. You remembering this? Yeah, I'm writing it down in my yeah, brain. You can get too. gold on any specific license test by going to the license test selection screen and pressing select, select, R1, R2, L2, L2, select, L1, R1, select, R2, L1, select. Got it. And finally, yeah. you can get gold in any event by going, of course, to the event course selection of course. screen. Yes, of course. And of course, pressing select L1, up, up, select R1, down, down, select L2, select R2, select. Nice. Okay, got Great. it. I just got it. Yeah. Great. Just so you know, using the cheat doesn't seem to have any negative impact on your progression whatsoever. With Nenkai adding, I'm sure some are wonder also wondering... I'm I'm sure some are also wondering, comma, prizes are also correctly given with the last cheat code. 24-hour races can effectively be skipped for provided your past 365 game days. Hmm. Hmm. Developers of modern games, says Luke, I know why you don't put codes in your games anymore, but it would be nice if you could find ways to put cheat codes in your games in the 21st century. Breaking games was fun. Unlimited currency is the best. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Luke. Thank you, Cheers, Luke. Luke. So there we go. Thank you, Jonathan, for that bit of news. You can't put cheats in because then some bad people would like get trophies they don't deserve. Bad yeah. people, you know, but terrible people. Yeah, they'd like cheat to get all of their Pokemon. Yeah, yeah they would mm. be bad people. Like, yeah. So. I have some weird news. Go on. It comes from at johnnymac13 on Twitter. You have just reminded me. Sorry. Let me just before we, I must add. Yes. In the comments underneath this. Uh-huh. Oh, can I find them? Is it just going to show me loads of ads? I saw it on my on my browser. Oh, show 18 replies. Pfft. Says Watcher Zero. Pfft. In my day, <laughs> if we wanted to cheat in a game, we got out a hexadecimal calculator and manually edited the save file or scanned for the relevant value in memory and froze it. What? Flanking Watcher Zero. God, you know, alive. with my Pokemon cheats, I do have to enter a string of code. Do you? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, I feel like Hacker Man. Yeah. Mm. It's amazing. Sorry, Ashton. That's okay. That was, I thought that was really important. I for forgot, us. honestly, I forgot she was there. Comes <laughs> <so. laughs> of Kotaku by CC Yang. Uh oh. The Super Mario Bros. X Lush Bath Bomb looks like pee. Oh, classic. Oh, no. These coin blocks will make your bath water look really nasty. Sick, man. That's And rad. people like us to put pictures on the screen, but just imagine a bath full of we, and then you, you don't need to see the picture That's anymore. it. Mm. Yeah, that's it. What do you want from us? We can't, we, there's three of us in here and we're all sat here. Get we your gamer girl bath water. <laughs> yeah. Right now. Last week, the cosmetics retailer Lush unveiled their collab lineup for Super Mario Bros. bath items. Finally, gamers will, <laughs> finally, gamers will have a reason to take a bath. <sighs> A bath bomb is a compact bowl of essential oils and they other ingredients that are used is. for skincare. <laughs> Soap is <laughs> a cleaning tool. It carries on. Hmm. Lush's founder invented them nearly 30 years ago and the company remains its largest distributor. I was intrigued by their coin block bath bomb, which contains one of six Mario themed body soaps inside of it to be revealed after it dissolves. I was so intrigued, in fact, that I deliberated on whether or not I should drop by Lush by Lush store after work. It's a good thing I held off because the bath bomb is atrocious. Oh. Thanks to a brave soul, we now know the block bath bomb makes your bath water look like pee. And not even the most degenerate among us and not even the most degenerate among us would buy actual pee water, I hope. 
Um, and then, so Twitter user Zen Zemnemez, that's what the water looks like. Yeah, you can see is, his hairy yeah. legs. Uh, yeah. It looks like bad soup. Mm. Yeah. I found out why no lush influence and why no influencers are posting about the lush Mario yellow question mark promotion. Wrote to the unfortunate customer who found out who found out the water is not even remotely Instagram worthy. The Mario themed bath bomb actually isn't actually defective. Most bath bombs look like a monochrome sludge after it's been completely dissolved. But there are definitely better looking final colors than pea yellow. Mm. Mm. Um, in reality, this post was likely a joke as there are definitely TikTok influencers posting about the Super Mario Bros. bath bomb and they all created a golden yellow color upon impacting the water. But I think it's very funny that Lush spent all this money on marketing the collab and some random customer has controlled the narrative with their ugly looking bath water. Kotaku reached out to the poster in question to ask whether the bath water had any of the contaminants in it prior to using the bath bomb. It's immediately like that once it dissolves, they wrote. Try it. They also mentioned the bath solution turned their fingernails slightly yellow. Oh. Kataki reached out to ask if there were contaminants before they put... Did yeah. you piss in the bath oh before goodness. you put the bomb in? <laughs> um, and then they explain a bit more about what a bath bomb is. Lash doesn't specify the ingredients for this specific product, but their bath bombs are usually made of baking soda, a secretive bubble mix, citric acid, and essential oils. And piss. So <laughs> DIY experts think the bath bombs are harsh on your plumbing since oils and glitter tends to clog up your pipes. So you might have to eventually call a plumber after one too many Mario bath bombs. Who wants to bathe in glitter? That's That seems silly. Yeah. If you're Bath bomb has glitter in it, and that's goodness me. <laughs> then they in, they put another tweet in, hmm. um, where someone said the new Mario mystery block bath bombs are giving piss kink. Are oh. giving piss kink. You know how you oh, hate, hate that. that phrase. Mm. That's a that's a real. I hate that phrase for two reasons. Strangulation of the English language there. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. I used a bath bomb once that was called like forest. Glade dump. or something, forest <laughs> dump, yeah, uh, which was a like a Christmas present, and it turned the bathwater green. Mm. And lying in it and just seeing your skin through it, it, I just felt like I was the Hulk. I looked just like the Hulk or Shrek. Shrek. It, it just looked like water. my skin Shrek. was green. When I took it out, it wasn't stained, but it was just like it was the perfect yeah. op opacity that it, I was just. A green man. I don't like bath bombs. Mm. I prefer a bubble. If I don't really like baths, full stop. Mm. But I love a bath. I'd rather put a bit of bubble bath in yeah. and have I'd bubbles. I'd never like buy a bath bomb for myself. No, only as presents. I have a few in my cupboard and I'm like, I'm never going to use That's these. That's the thing. I, I feel don't like the like only baths. reason anyone has bath bombs is because Amy. they She'll were. Yeah, she can have them. They were given for presents. They're yeah. like the uh, Lynx Africa gift set for women. Mm. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Here's a I don't know you very well. Here's a bath Here's bomb. A bath bomb. I couldn't be asked. Here's a bath bomb. Yeah, I walked past Lush and and when I regained consciousness from the from the gaseous, God, I yeah. hate going in lush. I went in and bought you a present. I'm in there for less than a minute, and I feel like my head's gonna explode. You like that piss, don't you? <laughs> you like piss. You in like the piss. Bar. You like piss, don't you? I got you a piss cube. <laughs> uh, okay, this weird news I sourced myself. Mm. It comes from PC Gamer and Andy Chalk. The Chinese versions of Blizzard get Blizzard's games may have been shut down over a big misunderstanding. So this is a bit of a winding tale, and it's also not the weirdest thing in the world. But I thought it was interesting, and it's a little not bit strange. Not as weird as piss water. Not as, not as weird as piss water, no. Mario's piss water. In January, gamers in China lost access to Blizzard games, including World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, Diablo 3, and Overwatch, as a result of a, f a falling out between Activision and its Chinese partner, NetEase, a few months earlier. Mm. But a New York Times report says that while the relationship between the two had been strained for some time, the incident that finally ended it may have been a misunderstanding. 
The relationship, are you ready to learn about their relationship? Yeah. Yes. The relationship between Activision and NetEase had been under strain for some time, according to the report. For one thing, Activision CEO Bobby Kotick... Boo. Boo. That guy actually sucks. Was unhappy with NetEase's $100 million investment in Bungie in 2018 because Bungie was behind schedule on Destiny 2 content and Kotec worried the investment, which was to help Bungie become a multi-franchise entertainment studio, would slow down the work even further. Kotec, boo, boo, was also reportedly unhappy with another NetEase investment into a studio founded by a former senior employee at Activision that resulted in a 2019 agreement that prevented NetEase from hiring former Activision employees or in investing in their studios. God, I hate this man so much. Those tensions were presumably still lingering when representatives of both companies began negotiating a proposed change to the licensing deal between Activision and NetEase in October 2022. NetEase wanted to license Activision games, including Blizzard games, directly rather than through a joint venture third party as had previously been the case, because it would enable the company to more easily comply with China's tightening game regulations. Activision was reluctant to give NetEase more control over its game properties than it already had. During the negotiation call, which was held through translators, NetEase CEO William Ding reportedly told, uh, reportedly said his company could persuade the Chinese government to either block or approve Microsoft's proposed acquisition of Activision Blizzard, depending on how the new licensing negotiations went. Activision executives took the statement as a threat. Give us what we want or we'll kill the Microsoft deal, yeah, basically. Sounds like that. But NetEase executives say they were simply pointing out that without a new licensing agreement giving more control to NetEase, Microsoft would have to deal with strict Chinese regulators themselves after it takes control of Activision. After the call ended, Activision said that it would do something. NetEase said no, and then they fell out. And apparently NetEase smashed up a statue of a blizzard orc. Whoa, with a hammer? Uh, maybe so. Was, does so Dr. Angry. Lee work for NetEase? Oh my God. It was clearly a bad breakup. Just before Blizzard Games went dark in China, NetEase employees smashed a giant statue of World of Warcraft's legendary two-handed axe gore howl that sat outside. That's a thing. Sat outside the studio that handled the Blizzard, Blizzard licenses. That's quite funny, uh, actually. A NetEase spokesperson accused Activision of continuing to harass and taunt companies and regulators worldwide with its actions. Taunt. And then they smash up the, <laughs> the Activision <laughs> Yeah, so clearly these I'm two... team NetEase. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, Bobby doesn't deserve any defense. No, I'm not. No. It's these, just, uh, these that's two just have a strange thing to each have done. Smashed funny. up the axe. Hated each other for a while for various reasons. But yeah, they... It sounded like they threatened them, but actually it was just a mistranslation. And because of it, there's no Activision or Blizzard games available in China as of January this year. Mm. So there we are. That was my weird news. Wow, that was pretty weird. Yeah. Thanks. That you, You're welcome. <laughs> it's time for a question here from Scruffy Looking. Mm. That's their name. Nothing to do with me. <laughs> it's nothing to do with me. Scruffy looking. Hi, BAP. Over the last decade, it seems like video game reporting has shifted from primarily covering video games to covering publishers and developers instead. Do you agree that video game reporting has changed? And if so, are you happy with the direction it has gone? I think the in-depth coverage of industry players has certainly led to some good, such as exposing harassment and the ills of crunch time. However, it sometimes gives me what I can only describe as news fatigue. For me, games are a form of escapism, and I want to read about upcoming games, but sometimes I fear simply opening up a gaming news site like Kotaku, uh, simply because so much of it is dedicated to the industry players and not the games themselves. Holding the industry accountable is important, but it can seem so overwhelming when there are hundreds of articles about terrible thing Publisher X is doing, Bobby. Thanks Robert. for all the great content over the years. Thank, Thank you, Scruffy, Scruffy Looking. looking. Um, 
I this made me think like how much I used to just enjoy video gaming magazines yeah. that would have like double page spreads, sometimes four page spreads of um, just special features on a, an upcoming game. Hey, here's what Halo 3 is stacking up to look like. Wow. Here are all these cool screenshots and like little tidbits and bits of interviews. And oh, look over here. There's a little side panel with like bullet points and facts and stuff. And yeah, they would always look very pretty visually and would be just exciting to read. And that's not to say that video game coverage in that sense ended with magazines. I mean, the magazines still barely, they do exist somewhere out there, but it's not to say it ended there. There's been plenty of online um, there's plenty of websites that, that would cover games like that, but I I guess I would agree to a certain extent. I, I can't say I had noticed the change that Scruffy Looking has pointed out here, but I think it's probably a fair point to say, yeah, primarily, or or there has been a shift towards doing more coverage on publishers and developers, in my experience anyway. Um, there's still obviously plenty of stuff out there where just a game is being talked about. But I suppose it's not, it's difficult to write an article with a clickbaity headline about mm. a game itself. Sometimes you might see articles that say like, new game is shaping up to look like other new game, perhaps. And that might be more the case for uh, stuff that's just been revealed or like indie stuff that people might not know about. But with like the biggest titles that are coming out, you don't tend to get just standalone articles about here is this game, here's everything we know about it. Um, or certainly not in a news feed as much anyway. Like you might get it if you search on the internet for everything we know about Marvel Spider-Man 2 or something. And you will find links there in the results page. But if you just go onto like the news feed of Kotaku, you're not going to get stuff saying, hey, here's everything we know about Spider-Man. Uh, whereas if you used to read video game magazines, that's mostly what they were, pretty much. Mm. So, yeah, I do miss that. What do you think, Ashton? I think there's also been a pivot outside of just, like, journalism and, and written kind of discourse about games, a lot more into, like, the video side of things. And yeah. live streams are much more uh, in, kind of important nowadays. People will get a lot of their information from videos and streams and online showcases more than they'll get their information from places like magazines mm, and, and websites. Um, and I think that's kind of where it shifted that magazines, well, we'll just call them magazines for now. They have to shift a lot more into making things that people will click on, like Peter said, like, and people will click on things that are negative because they want to yeah. talk about it. And that's easier for them to say, wow, isn't Forspoken crap? And people will be like, yeah, it is crap. I'm not going to read the article. I've yeah. never played it, but I hate it's it. It's yeah. Um, And whereas people will be like, everything you know about Forspoken, people might not necessarily click on that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more, especially online discourse, about things that are bad more than there is things that are good. Um, you know, every time you see a game that comes out, obviously, if you're a fan of a game, you tend to see a lot more, your algorithm pumps you a lot more positive things. Whereas if you're kind of just either not a fan of something or the algorithm thinks, you know what you want? Bit doom and gloom. There you are. Here's well, list little... titles, in our experience, always would perform better Worst. if they were negative. Worst negative lists. Definitely yeah. a, do better. Um, certainly at what culture we were like 
people were so we were kind of worried at the time like i think people just think we're negative all the time but it just yeah. tracks better mm. i don't know yes. if it's quite the case at triple jump that we that negative beats positive but yeah which it edges it out it certainly does in right. the in the in the games of x year oh that's true yeah the that's worst a, games like of x like year always do better than the best better. stuff mm. yeah. yeah yeah it's it's not even close sadly i also think that the written industry in gaming has shifted in its diversity of writers from what was potentially 25 years ago a whole bunch of white men yes to now a diverse group of people um, featuring a whole spectrum of different opinions and and uh, like views on things, and that's why the dynamic has shifted a bit more into focusing on, hey, actually, this is a bad thing that we should be talking about, mm. and it's bad because our female members of staff think that it's not okay that Activision are getting away with this, so they're gonna write about it and make sure people know about it because it's important to them that this isn't happening. So it's a lot more of a diverse opinion now, which is why things like the negative things that publishers do are brought out more into the spotlight because people who are being affected by these things, even not directly, but have kind of people that look or sound like them being affected by them, it tends to resonate a lot more with the individual writer who writes about things that are affecting a bigger group of people. Mm -hmm. So I think that's why things have shifted a bit. I don't necessarily think it's always a good thing because I do think certain like little issues are being kind of blown up to be a lot bigger than they should be. Like I know people are really nitpicking a lot more nowadays, but also when there's a big issue, people still ignore it. So if it just keeps getting brought up, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think mm -hmm. it should always be reminded of the things that are happening, especially with things like Diablo when it came out recently. There's a lot more discussion about Blizzard is still bad. They're still not great. They still haven't made the changes. But everyone seems to have forgotten about it now. So I guess it's all fine again. It needs reminding that, hey, actually, they're still bad. So this game's come out now. Glad you're enjoying it. But they're also still bad. Yeah. So it's good to have yeah. that kind of dynamic. Of, is it out now? Is it just a beta? Not might sure. be just a beta. Okay. I'm not sure. But yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree. I think it's the it, in terms of what Scruffy Looking has referenced and certainly what you were talking about as well, Peter, it's the internetification of games yeah. journalism which it, it, it exists it, it stretches way beyond games as well it's social media it's mm. instant access to content it's that anyone can cover whatever they want um it's also as you say ashton like that there's a far more diverse set of opinions now which is great and there's a you know a lot more voices where previously there weren't um from scruffy looking's perspective in terms of sort of the news fatigue i feel like there is also a lot more pressure now for certain outlets that would usually just like to cover the games, whatever that means, or however you infer that to mean, in that when there is big stuff going on, when developers are messing up or publishers are being terrible, even if you really would just like to focus on the games, there is, we exist in a culture now, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. We live in a society. We live in a society where if you are seen to be apathetic or not talking about something big that's going on, you are part of the problem. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of pressure for a lot of these sites now to cover all of this stuff, which means it is inescapable. As you said, Ashton, not necessarily a bad thing. If it's a, if it's a bad thing that's going on and more people need to know about it and it applies pressure to those responsible and causes change to happen then great 
but it does also mean that you will not be able to escape the discourse because it will follow you around from site to mm -hmm. site because either the people there are very passionate about it and want to write about it, uh, people may feel that they, they should write about it because it's what's right, or that there's a pressure to write about it even though really you just want to talk about a new Call of Duty game because if you don't, you're labeled as as potentially being part of the problem. Mm. Mm. So it's, it, there's, a, there's a whole load of reasons why, but I do agree with Peter circling back to the magazine thing is that there w it was sort of a far simpler and more magical age, it seemed, mm. just because certainly when I was reading magazines, I wasn't really aware of what publishers and developers were. Yeah. It was sort of more of a bubble thing. You had to wait a month to find out the news. I remember big old write-ups about... Um, like their their annual trip to E3 mm. and that just being really exciting to read about like oh we've been and we've seen all these new games and it's amazing and uh, there was one in particular where they the PS3 magazine I read um they sent one of their guys out to Japan to get a launch model PS3 from Japan because obviously that came out first and they had this big old write up of his adventure in Japan and stuff and I found that stuff fascinating and that kind of journalism still exists but it can be harder to find because there's writing so there's so much of it and there's no money in writing for websites really that's why they're plastered with ads that's why there's loads of video content that's why it auto plays ads on every single page you go to because it's so competitive and it's not the space that it used to be with the rise of video as you said ashton mm -hmm. so there's a lot of reasons why, but news fatigue is, I think it's understandable, especially if you're only going in looking for a certain thing and, uh, you know, you have to read about everything that's going wrong. Doesn't mean it shouldn't be there, but it is there. Well, if you, and to have those like big helpings that you would get in a magazine, mm. things are a lot more granular now, partly because as you say, Ben, there's no money in it. And so you have to write individual articles about every detail as it comes yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you need to have... 10 ads to the one line of like, this new game will feature cats. And then like next week, that same game will let you drive cars. And then you can put 10 ads on We've that. We've got a screenshot of a new cat. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's, uh, it's a way to monetize it. And it's also just like the the connectivity and the speed at which we can now, or, or uh, news outlets can get this information and publish it. Yeah. Whereas as you say, when it used to be a monthly thing, and it used to be a case where people would, more often than they do now, they still do it now, but we'd have to physically actually go to yeah, see the developer exactly. and the publisher. Mm. And that is where they'd get their news. That is why another reason why you'd have to wait around for this stuff to come out. Whereas now they're just probably like emailing each other and like getting videos sent over WeTransfer and yeah. just, just seeing stuff there and then in like little press packages. Mm. Just, mm -hmm. we're, you know, again, it's not always a bad thing that we're connected like that, but... And yeah. even with like, you know, Joe Bloggs might not have been able to go to E3. or been Joe Bloggs or Joe's blog? Joe's blog. <laughs> May not have been allowed to go to E3. No, Joe Bloggs can't go, but Joe's blog Joe's can blog. because he's mm. a, an influencer. Yeah, Whereas blog, now yeah. you don't have to go because everything's online yeah. and you can find things out mm. for yourself as soon as it's happening. Whereas, like you say, yeah. the whole big dialogue of we're going to E3, here's everything we found out. Yeah. You don't have to wait anymore. You just mm. is there and then straight in front of your face as soon as it's happening. Yeah. Social media as well plays a big part in that. That's why so many articles we've even read today had embedded tweets from people who have broken news. You know, if you're mm. going to sit there and wait two or three weeks to write up a full comprehensive all the facts cat driving game mm, yes. <laughs> article or you know feature uh you're going to be missing out on money while 
uh, Joe Joe tweets is out there d- tweeting these things out, getting you know so much interaction and engagement, and yeah. uh, you know basically point pulling your point. pants down and then you know taking all your money from you. So. Mm. Yeah. It's a very different world than it used to be, uh, but that's it's it's evolve or or die sort of situation. As with the magazines we're seeing, you know, yeah. and some of them are still clinging on, but there aren't many left. Wow, wow. some might say that was a big it was a pretty big discussion. Uh, chat, oh, oh, chat. I've said chat. it. I've said uh, it. But now we're gonna do the big chat. Big chat. <laughs> Sus chat. <laughs> It's big discussion time, time for the big video game discussion, which comes this week, courtesy of Callum Story. And Callum says, hey, Bap, what are, some, Hello. what are some of the worst slash longest tutorials you've ever had to sit through in a game? It feels like these days you can play almost eight hours of some RPGs before getting into the meat of the game, which is enough time to complete an entire COD campaign. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Callum. Thank you, Callum. Thank you, Callum. Um, I don't like Skyrim. Skyrim's opening. Um, I, I mean, I've picked that one specifically, but actually all of the Bethesda RPGs, once I've done it once, mm. I kind of wish I could just skip through it, just select all the things that I want to have happened in that, you know, the decisions that you make or the stats that you choose. Like in Oblivion, you do stuff as you go through, don't you? Like you pick a star sign and... Um, That's the one that I actually kind of, I'm very nostalgic for. The I'm nostalgic for The dungeon, the, the Oblivion dungeon. I'm a yeah, big, it, I'm I, I definitely have the nostalgia for it. I, but I always remember it as you go down into that silvery dungeony bit yeah. and then the Emperor dies and then you're let out. But actually there's that whole bit where you have to go through the wall, you separate from them and then yeah. there's like a cave with a zombie and it's a bit more, there's and more to it. And there's goblins. Stick a rubber band around the left stick so you can sneak, sneak. behind that goblin and get yeah. your sneak skill up to 100 before you even leave the dungeon. You can do it in classic. Skyrim with the bear as well. Yeah, classic. Yeah. Right, Ashton? <laughs> right. You right. Know. Uh, you were there with uh, Fallout 3 as well you know you have to live your whole flipping childhood in that game you do that is a long tutorial Um, so it would be nice obviously like the first time you play those it's great because there's story to it and you get into grips with things and it's all novel but once you've played through those games multiple times and the only reason you're starting a new game is because you want to perhaps play it in a different way or maybe just be a stealth archer again uh, you don't need to sit through all that and it would be nice if there, and obviously there is a way to skip these things with mods and those games are always heavily modded and quite easily modded so that's good but if we're just talking about vanilla games here it would be nice to be able to skip through the tutorials of that whole umbrella of games really um, and also quite infamously uh, Driver on PS1 I had a copy of Driver and Ashton I don't know if you know about the I have driver tutorial it, yeah. yeah where you are in like a sort of multi-story car park or something a little underground garage and um you have in the top corner you have a little piece of note paper which has like 10 things that you have to do in the space of a minute and you have to be doing like reverse j turns slalom round pillars so much and that game doesn't actually control that well Anyway, I mean, it is a, a bit of a classic, but it, it's not like super easy to really just play physically. So uh, to actually do all those things, not only is it asking a lot in terms of quantity, but to actually slalom around those pillars and so on is not super easy. So that is a very infamous tutorial and you can't get beyond it if you don't do it all in yeah. that one minute. So some people, again, quite famously or infamously, never even really got to play Driver properly because they could not get past that tutorial. 
You, me, you one of them? Yeah, I yeah. borrowed Driver from from my cousin and I just, I couldn't play it. Yeah. Mm. I wasn't allowed out of the garage because I wasn't deemed safe to drive. No. I hate, really, really hate when you are doing a tutorial and rather than it just like telling you at the bottom while you're doing it, it brings a whole big pop-up yeah. on the screen, makes you pause and read and then you have to press X to get out of the pop up and then about two seconds later another one pops up and it grinds my gears it <laughs> literally fills me with unadulterated rage and i also get annoyed when you don't let me run from the get-go i know how to oh, run yeah. in games it's nearly always the same button so please for the love of god don't put sprint behind a big old pop-up wall don't do it don't do it it makes me mad um one tutorial like kind of system that I didn't really like was Cyberpunk 2077's um like AR combat oh, tutorials. Yeah, yeah, that was really like boring. rather than like learning how to do something in actual combat, you were like, I'm gonna upload you onto the system now, put this chip in, and then you're there and there's some woman who you never see again telling you like <laughs> Oh, you have to, in order to shoot, press R2. And now you have to do that for five minutes. I'm just going to be here if you need Mm me. Um, And I'm like, I can learn how to do this in actual combat if you'd like to let me do that. But no, I have to sit through some AR rubbish Mm. uh, to do that. And also don't like it when... Yeah, go on. I also don't like it when... Go off, Ashton. I am given a thing like parry. And then it says parry three times. Mm. And one like, oh, I've done it once now. Do I have to do it three more times? And I don't you're not going to be doing it in the game. No, I'm not going to be sure. doing it in the game. Mm. Don't make me not be able to get past something because I have to parry. No, I don't want to do that. I, if I could remove that mechanic from every game ever, I would. I hate it. And I never do it. So don't make me have to sit there and parry three times before you let me out of the area. Drives me mental. <laughs> not just specifically just parrying, but also like other things like do three jumps. Mm. No. Hate that. I can just do we that. We hate doing three jumps here. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite, yeah, it's God, well known. Triple jumps. Gross. <laughs> Bring back double jumps. Yeah, exactly. I also, as you were saying about sprinting, for some reason, I don't like not being able to jump at the very start of a tutorial, even when there's nothing to jump over or yeah. jump around. Mm. Like they've specifically designed that area that, you know, you don't have to jump until you, it first tells you to. But I don't like the feeling of being pinned to the floor no. when I know that eventually I won't be. I feel like nearly every time I boot a game up, the very first thing I do is press X to jump. Yeah. Even if I don't need to. Yeah. Like, I'm like, mm. I just like to see the jumping mechanic a little bit before we get started. You know how we've spoken before about how there's almost a disconnect between games that you're really excited for and that you pre-order or you purchase mm. and games that you get as part of a subscription service mm. or whatever. I feel like for those games... Specific example, Army of Two. Recently, I tried to give this a go where you just think, I never played that. I kind of want to just give it a go. And then you get in and it gives you 15 minutes of tutorial. And you're like, actually, I cannot be asked. I can't be asked with this. I just want to jump in immediately and probably die loads of times. But can we just have an option in every single game that says, I got this on Game Pass and I just want to play to (laughs) see if I like it. Uh, I won't hold it against you if I don't know the controls. Yeah, at level exactly. One. I won't blame you if I don't know how to jump. Yeah. Uh, but I just want to try it, please. Don't make me sit here and learn things for a while. Mm. Uh, I had that. I had that with Army of Two recently, so I'm not playing any more of that. <laughs> uh, but I've got a, I've got a weird one to include. I don't necessarily think it's bad. I think it's charming in its own in its own way, but it is also quite bad. And that is, of course, 
the tutorial of uh, Fahrenheit or Inigo Prophecy, if you're really serious about this, uh, American, North American mm. about this, where David Cage himself comes out in polygonal PS2 form yeah. and speaks in his sort of strangled <laughs> English uh, voice uh, telling you how to play the game and press buttons. And he says stuff like, well, that was a great job. Here's how you can press uh, the stick to move out of the way of this car. And the car will come and then you have to press it and then he'll go, that was great. And he's there, he's there in the mm -hmm. game and he, sort of, yeah. he doesn't have fingers. He has like mittens and he's sort of gesturing like, great job. Thanks for buying. I'm David Cage. Thanks for buying my game. And uh, it's rubbish, but I also quite like it. Mm -hmm. And it is also bad. Uh, I also don't like, sorry. Um, go on. This reminded me. When your character is been, you're pre-warned that your character is like a super spy or super soldier, mm. and then it's like, did you know Agent <laughs> Throw hey, a Agent grenade? Six? No, when they try and do it in yeah, universe. Yeah, if you press, if you press button, you can do action, and then like snake, press the select button. Yeah, to, yeah. That grinds me. You can sneak case. up behind enemies and choke them out. Like, he's like, whoa, can I? Whoa, I've been slow on down, Colonel. Nice. 15 years. I've never done that before. <laughs> Metal Gear. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it does take you out of it a bit, doesn't it? Mm. Uh, apart from that, in terms of really long ones, Persona 5, the tutorial, like that game still teaches you things several hours in. Mm. Uh, same with any Persona game, really. Like it, it sort of keeps you on the straight and narrow to begin with before it gives you proper freedom to do what you want. Uh, but Persona 5 in particular, I think just it goes on for a long time. It's all part of the game, mm. but it does go on for a while. Uh, Assassin's Creed 3 is basically one long tutorial until <gasps> shock horror. It turns out that you've been playing as a flipping Templar and then you start playing as Connor properly. But you have to play as like little boy Connor and then teenage Connor. And you've got to play as Haytham Kenway for like an hour and a half, two hours. And the game hasn't even started properly yet. And it's like, I just want to be the cool guy on the cover mm -hmm. who's got like the cool blue and white assassin outfit and he's got the little daggers and then the tomahawks and the schnicks and so on um and i'm fairly sure i've written this down as well i'm fairly sure final fantasy 13 was still teaching me things like dozens of hours into it mm. most jrpgs do this i know but for some reason final fantasy 13 stuck out to me when i was trying to think of one as a game that just is still teaching you stuff hours and hours and hours into it um those are the ones i've got mm. What terrible tutorials do you hate? What's the longest tutorial you've ever sat through? Mm -hmm. Let us know in the comments below and be sure to interact with us via the following means. You can find us at youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. We will soon only be streaming on Twitch, but um, you know, keep an eye on YouTube. Well, hang on, no, because this goes out after. So we're, we're done now, aren't we're we? We're done. Yeah. Last stream this week. Yeah, time of recording. We've got one more to do. But yeah, so we stream on Twitch uh, for the time being. And we are modded by Lobrotovich, Trailing Badger, and Mr. Black. Also, speaking of Twitch, you can get a sub as part of your Amazon Prime subscription, which you might already have. Uh, you're already paying for it. If you've got Prime, you've got a Twitch sub to use on us, if you like. So have a look at that if you want to. Um, Twitter.com and Facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump for video and live stream announcements, legacy video content, Twitch stream highlights of the week, all sorts of things uh, put by put there by Fraser, our community manager, and us as well. Um, TikTok.com forward slash at Team Triple Jump. Ashton looks after our TikToks um, and posts them there. And Patreon.com forward slash Team Triple Jump. 
where there are loads of tiers that you can look at and uh, see all the different rewards and choose one that you might like. Mm. Mm. We have a website. It's triplej.mp. Spells jumps. Very clever. If you want to join our Discord, it's triplej.mup forward slash Discord to chat with our wonderful community. On Discord, we're modded by Jack, Joe, Tori, and Tolerize. And if you do something, bloody well do it. All right? Mm. Thanks. Um, if you want to listen to the podcast in its audio forms, want to go to triplej.mup forward slash podcast to get catch up on any of our live stream VODs go to triplej.mup forward slash VODs to book a cameo from any of us or James Jenkins mm. go to triplej.mup forward slash cameo and lastly if you want to buy some sick and cool merch like this top like not that top no maybe this t-shirt is now available yeah. that hoodie as well yes. the hoodie yeah, the t-shirt t-shirt the t-shirt I'm wearing and a bunch of other stuff, go to triplejumpshop.com and make sure you're following at triplejumpshop on Twitter for the latest merch announcements. Absolutely. Why not follow Peter and Ashton on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and at Scrambled Ashton and myself just on Twitter at Confused underscore Dude. We do lists every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, streams every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all of them being on Twitch. Hmm. Thursday being the joint stream. Thursday being the joint stream. Also on Twitch. on Twitch. I can't get rid of that, can I? No. Worst games ever is fortnightly. Friday for patrons of a certain tier. Sunday for everybody else. The podcast is every Saturday and we do shows all the bloody time. Come check them out. Why not leave a five-star review on your platform of choice? It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. And we'd appreciate it. And it costs you nothing. Mm. So please consider doing that. We've got all sorts coming out this coming week. Yeah. Haven't we? Yeah. yeah. Um, hopefully we will have this coming week. Uh, Telltale, every Telltale game ranked from worst to best. It's very mm. exciting. Yes. Um, looking forward to that. So keep an eye out for that. Probably Friday, but just well, you'll know nearer the time. Yeah. Yeah. We should also, fingers crossed, have uh, April's monthly forecast out this weekend. Uh, April starts in two days. Yes. And I'm um, hopefully I have it done by then. So you can find out what's coming out in April. There's a lot of mm. stuff. And mm. when I showed my boyfriend, he was like, I don't know, half the stuff was coming out. And I'm like, that's all these games. That's why the forecast. That's why the video's coming. Yeah. So you can all learn. And uh, of course, we've got the sponsored stream on Twitch Cultaholic versus Triple Jump WWE 2K23. Thank you again for all of you who created those amazing things. 3 p.m. Um, BST. 3 p.m. BST. You'll have to catch it live because the VOD will not be going on the VODs channel. Mm -mm. So don't you miss out. Mm. Don't come, you dare. Come check them out. I believe that's everything. Yeah. Also on Friday, there will be a Worst Games for those who are on the right tier on Patreon. But that's it's nearly a week away. So, you know, we'll come to that later. Don't is worry. it Worst Games? It's Worst Games this week, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, so is that yeah. why it's on here? Yeah. yeah that's why I wrote it. Of course it, it is. Here. Yeah, because it's because we only just recorded it. And normally we record it like a week and a half. Yeah. But, but yeah, the whole point is we're trying to get it turned around in time. Um, so yeah, hopefully there is a Worst Games that is already out. Yeah. And it we came have out patrons. on Friday. Um, and uh, will be out tomorrow at time of release of this podcast on Sunday for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Peter, is there a, some sort of sponsor? Yeah, you did just mention it, but uh, we are sponsored once again by WWE 2K23 Cultaholic versus Triple Jump, The Stream. Yes, um, The Stream. Wednesday, 5th of April, 3 p.m. BST. It's a sponsored stream, so you should probably come and have a look. Sponsored stream. If you would be so kind. On yeah, twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. Team triple jump. Thanks so much. Thanks for watching, everybody. You look after yourselves. We'll see you next time. Yep. Bye. Bye.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.